This is The Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott, presented by Big O Tires. Stop by your locally owned Big O Tires for no credit needed financing and the best prices on tires. Big O Tires, the team you trust. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Big Show, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, thank you very much for making us part of your day. It's time for a little What's Going On. Usually we uh, do this a little bit earlier in the show, but today schedule uh, uh, made it so we're going to have it uh, here in the 5 o'clock hour. Well, it's football, football, football. And yes. It's good stuff, so let's uh, let's get to it. Very much, uh, and let's uh, get things started with DJ and PK. Uh, they had David Smoke on to talk about what's going on in Big 12 from a Baylor perspective. So what's the mood around Baylor? Is there a sense of nervousness or what? Yeah, no, there's – there's uh, people could put on a strong face. Like we interview Mac Rose, the director of athletics, usually every Tuesday – uh, and, and we were going to have him on Monday, but they had that huge long to the point where it, it's just politics uh, in a theater on Monday in the Texas Senate. But, oh, yeah, there's it, it's the range of emotions. There's the excitement, honestly, of something new, although we don't know. I say we. I'm not a Baylor. I, I cover Baylor. Uh, and then there's the, oh, my God, we, we've been through this before and always survived Baylor in the years when the Big 12 was formed and then when there was realignment talk with Texas and Oklahoma, we're talking to others and they always survive. And some of it's been because they have great political clout. And then at the same time, some of it has been because of timing. Uh, there's, there's, there's the gambit. I mean, it's like the exhilaration of victory that there might be something new that is fresh that keeps them a power five. And then there's the my God, we might end up being a group of five, and, and our budget has slashed 70% of what we're getting right now on television. So is there uh, – have people already moved on, or is there a lot of anger at Texas and Oklahoma? Or they've already moved on to the future? Well, I think there's always been kind of a distrust or an anger when it comes to Texas. And, you know, I mean, Texas here's, – here's who Texas is, and they don't mind telling you. They're the big, rich – bully and they like to make sure you know it and they don't mind telling you that and then of course when you say that they're like oh my god we're only doing what's best for us and and whatever else and that's fine i listen baylor fans and others the remaining eight they understand that the conference right now is uh, is i think tenuous uh i don't know if the word fragile i think that could be a little bit overreaction they understand the power i mean even bob bowlsby admitted on monday that 50% of the television value, the network, the television uh, revenue stream, if 50% of it is probably tied to Texas and Oklahoma. So then you go, oh, my God, how are we going to replace that if you can? Uh, yeah, there's, there's, I, think, I think there's the initial bitterness, anger. But i got to tell you guys, um, even though you know, we know about the history, the tradition, the image, and all that, and Texas just had an incredible year with athletics, their football team for 10 years – has been sporadic at best. Baylor's won five of the last ten, although they've lost four of the last five. 
and Texas has everything. They have the money, they have the, the alumni base, they have the image, they have the logo, they have all of that, and yet for some reason their football program can't seem to get out of its own way. And so, uh, yeah, there's, there's going to be always a little bit. And here's the thing about Texas, and it was a quote the day that all this went down or the day or two after, when someone in Texas, is, I don't know if it was administration, athletics, whatever, when they said, well, don't you feel a little bit bad about the eight teams or do you feel about how do you feel about the eight teams who are left hanging and the quote was well honestly we don't give a damn and that's really the way they have always been here's one of the things that kind of i think is frustrating when i look at it this way they're leaving for what is already a great conference and that's going to stabilize their business it's going to stabilize well texas already makes more money than anybody else spends more money than anybody else the the question i think that's valid Yes, they propped up the other teams. There's no question. No one's ever denied that. No team has ever said, we can do this without you. But why not go ahead and find a way to make where you are, where you're the flagship uh, program, why don't you make your conference better? And Texas seems to be in the middle of always not happy or it's not good enough. Well, sometimes you got to look at the people in the mirror, and that might be yourself if if you're your team. All right, there you go. That's uh, DJ and PK talking to David Smoke about uh, what's going on in Big 12 from a Baylor perspective. And he talked further about BYU and Utah and the effect all this might have on them. It was an interesting conversation. Did you see kind of the latest with this today, Gordon, that uh, Kansas Senator Roger Marshall asked the U.S. Attorney General to investigate ESPN for possible antitrust violations in the Texas OU migration? They're going to dig deep, aren't they? Hmm. Yeah, but but how much of this is is honestly just political grandstanding yeah. because you've got a you've got a grumpy constituency, and so hey, I'm doing, I'm doing something. what I can. Yeah. Uh, remember, we got caught up in a little bit uh, in it a little bit with Mark Shirtliff back in the day. You remember when he was was he suing the BCS? I'm trying to remember. He was leading some charge right. against it, and, and where and, and, and he did all these interviews and all these releases and stuff like that, and it didn't really have an impact. And it felt as if you're just kind of trying to to get a win, you know. It's for still, a, it, I gotta tell you, it felt good having him at least be active in that regard because I hated the BCS so much. All right, but but feel goods. That's what we're talking about. <laughs> yeah, okay, <laughs> you know that like is uh, good old Senator Marshall uh, really going to do something about this, or is he just creating a feel good? Um, with his uh, his constituency, because honestly, the mouse is is careful enough that they're not going to going to cover their tracks. Of course, they're going to cover their tracks. Yeah, wasn't Scissor Hatch involved in that a little bit too? Was he? he it could have been. Anyway, yeah, it's. Uh, but you know, if, the, they, if they if they can trace something back to ESPN, I'm 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 going to be pretty surprised. It's just crazy to me that, uh, and I realize that uh, the good senator here is not a member of the Big 12 or its leadership group or whatever, but, I mean, hey, uh, don't like the mouse, but they're the ones paying the bills. So even if the Big 12 stayed standing, you know how much they're going to get out of the mouse in their next TV deal? <laughs> Zero! <laughs> you got to think these things through beforehand. Not a, not a darn dime. <laughs> Yeah, I suppose. So I don't, I don't get. It seems like self-destructive behavior. 
don't chop down the tree that you've already climbed. Right. And and you know what? It is probably a pretty shady move from the mouse to do this. 100%. And I believe it happened. <laughs> but what are they going to do about it? Nothing. Nothing. What do you think about uh, the Pac-12? Pac Who was the guy, the president of Washington State? Did you see that he came out and said that, that, that the Pac-12 and other the other power conferences are going to stand firm against the voracious appetite of the SEC. Yeah, sure you will. <laughs> sure you will. I think any president of Washington State ought to just be happy to be a part of whatever. Well, that's what you. they're that's what they're scared about. That's yeah. why that's why that's coming from somebody like Washington State. Now now wake me up. When he's that, on the uh, he's on the college football playoff. Uh, he has some connection. I forget the guy's well, name. Well, wake me up when the new president of USC says the same thing. <laughs> okay. Wake me up when the president of Oregon, you know, a team that actually could choose to benefit themselves if the right opportunity came. You're right. Washington State's just happy to be at the table. They just don't want to be cut from the league. How do you think Utah feels about the uh, officials uh, at Utah feel about this whole thing? Same way that the officials at Washington State just feel. want to hold on. Just hold yeah, on they're to what they've they got. been in the club for a decade. They don't want to be out. <laughs> yeah, and they certainly and and I know DJ and PK talked about this this morning too. They certainly don't want those Big Twelve schools coming in because that spells the end of playing USC and UCLA every year. Because they'll package Colorado and Utah with those schools in whatever pod system or whatever they create, and then all of a sudden you're stuck playing. Iowa State instead of USC. What do you think the odds are that that could happen? Low. What's the Big Ten doing? That's uh, uh, that's uh, where that's the interesting part. I think. Well, Sorry, I, I interrupted no, you. No, I just think that the Big Ten they're sitting there with fourteen schools already, and it's extremely lucrative their conference, and so they probably feel pretty good about who they are. I just don't know whether, you know, it's one of those deals where they want to get aggressive and grab more than what they're doing right now by way of the Pac-12, but the Pac-12, I. I think should be interested in solidifying its position, and I'm not sure that the leftover schools in the in the Big 12 are are really going to offer. They're not that. I think you're right. I think you're right on the money. the 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 curious thing with the Big Ten, if I'm the Big Ten, first of all, I call my last round of expansion a mistake and just go ahead and cut Rutgers in Maryland. <laughs> <laughs> you brought this up the other day that uh, Rutgers, yep, is in uh, Jersey there. But uh, not exactly going to draw a bunch of eyeballs no, in the New York market. Not bringing, I, I think, the value that they thought they were getting there. Um, but, it, see, it, if I'm the Pac-12 in the Big Ten, I'm looking at some sort of way to cooperate. Now, how uh, savvy and cutthroat do you want to be with that way to cooperate? I don't know. But if that's if the Big Ten is going to keep up with the Joneses, which I guess they want to do, They've got to figure out a way to add more value, and I think some sort of partnership with the Pac-12 would be a good way to do that. But maybe but, they look at the Pac-12 as and, being a bunch of stumblers and bumblers. And do they poach the valuable yeah, parts of the Pac-12? Right. That that would be the biggest fear if I were Utah, that the Big Ten all of a sudden says, okay, we're going to poach two teams, four teams from the Pac-12 and uh, form our own Super League there with the Big Ten and cover the whole United States and get the value of the TV deal of that. We've got the all four times. Well, I guess it would be three time zones, depending on. Anyway, you get my point. Yeah. You know, cover the whole country, all this value, all these powerhouses, Ohio State, USC, Michigan, you know, all together in one magical league. I mean, that's the fear. What would the uh, irony be if, if the Pac-12 were to be cherry-picked that way? 
and Utah was left with some of the others in the Pac-12 to go join the Big 12. <laughs> well, it would be like a, whatever then, you'd call it at the time. And, then, a, and then BYU still wasn't included in that, but Utah jumped from the Pac-12 with the big hitters to the leftovers of the Big 12. It would be just that. I don't know if we'd call it what we call a G5 or what the label would be. But they it wouldn't would. be G5. That would be that would still be a power league. You don't think so? No. Okay, who certainly are we talking wouldn't, about? Certainly wouldn't be compensated like a power league. Well, I mean, yeah, but okay. So USC, Washington, who else we included? Let's say USC, Washington, Oregon, and UCLA. Oregon defect. and UCLA are gone. So that leaves you with... Stanford, Utah, uh, Arizona, Arizona State, Colorado, Cal, Cal, Washington State, and Oregon State. That's still, that's still, and then mix them with, uh, say, Baylor and uh, Oklahoma State. It's not great. It's still quality football, <laughs> though. How many conference championships uh, are in the those leftover Pac-12 schools we just talked about? Stanford had one, right? So that'd be one. Stanford's had more than one. I mean, recently, oh. like in the Pac-12 era. I think they've had more than one, haven't they? Well, we can go back and look, but let's give them one. <laughs> I think they've had more than one. Give them two. I don't care. Where Where are the <laughs> other ones coming from? But those are quality football programs. Are they? Just like Utah. Yes, they are. Utah's a quality football program. Stanford. And you mix them, and, and you think mixing them with Oklahoma State and uh, Baylor and K State and Kansas, Kansas football not so great, but still, I think those are quality. Terrible. Baylor's good once every ten years, maybe. Oklahoma State is underachieved, in my opinion, over the past decade, considering the type of oil money that's pouring <laughs> into to that cowboy program. I suppose, but I, I Iowa think, State's been I, good recently, and still no one cares. I, <laughs> I I think that league would be stronger than you're giving them credit for. I don't know what the value would be, and that I think that's what you're really pointing at. But there's I some mean, good football. The teams. paycheck for the leftover schools in both the Big Twelve and the Pac Twelve would be at least cut in half. If the Pac Twelve lost four schools, and those four schools we're talking about, it'd be more than that. Really, you think so? Yeah, I do. Well, they already were at the bottom of the barrel of the P5 leagues, right? Kind of, depending on what what you're looking at. That's an interesting question. I'm sure somebody has already found that out. But if Texas and Oklahoma present 50% of the television value, what do USC and uh, Washington and Oregon provide the Pac-12? A lot. UCLA, if you want to throw them in there as well, the Bruins? A lot. Most. Arizona and Arizona State. Again, Arizona not so much, but basketball really strong. Arizona State is – we're talking about quality programs. Here, yeah, Arizona though. State's okay, but still nobody cares. <laughs> Ask PK about that. Nobody cares. He's been telling me this for years, that that's the problem with Arizona State is that nobody cares. That sounds like a blanket statement. We talked it's about Stanford true. yesterday. Nobody cares there either. Cal, we've both been to that stadium. Nobody cares there. <laughs> You're painting a very bleak picture. Nobody cares about the Beavs. I don't know. You tell me how many people care about Washington State. 
<sighs> a few. Nobody cares about Colorado. They sort of dressed up that stadium up there a little bit in Pullman. A couple people care about uh, – oh, uh, in Pullman. Okay. Still Pullman. And I, I think Utah has some buzz. I think they had the care factor amongst their fan bases is, is high. high. Yeah. But they're still not a revenue generator, meaning that they, they don't bring in more than they consume. Okay, then let me ask you this. What's the likelihood – that if the Big Twelve, the remainder, remaining schools of the Big Twelve, are out there floating, that they would link up with at least one school from Utah. Um. Obviously, you're referring to BYU. Would be or the most Utah, likely. If the would be the most likely apart. candidate. I honestly think that ESPN's master plan of putting down the Big Twelve succeeds. That's what I'm betting on. Putting it down. <laughs> That's what they want to do. <laughs> and I'm guessing the mouse gets what they want. <laughs> Making it sound like they're going to. Oh, I think they'll get – I think the, those teams will go to the uh, the American Conference because that's what uh, the mouse will tell them to do, and that'll be their best situation to salvage the most value. So the Pac-12 survives. For now. See, see, I don't think the Pac-12 will have any is not tied with the fate of those Big 12 schools at all, and won't be. Now, the Big 10, on the other hand, but the Pac-12 is still trying to exist in a in a in an environment where other leagues might be gaining strength. Yeah, but none of those schools add to the strength of the Pac-12. None of those Big 12 schools make the Pac-12 a better league. None of those schools makes Pac-12 a more valuable league. Meaning that they will, uh, George Klyavkov told us this at uh, at uh, Pac-12 Media Day. They're not just trying. To, they're not trying to add to the size of the whole pie. They're trying to add the size of every sliver. Right, right. So that's the challenge: is that any of those schools in the Big 12 isn't isn't adding size to the slice. Speaking of adding size, I don't know. I don't think that's it, actually. Function. <laughs> size, I think that's someone else. Size doesn't uh, matter. No, I, I think I think function is where we're going for Let's here. Ask Andrew. Our friend He's Andrew from Wasatch Medical Clinic joining us now. Hi, Andrew. Hello. Can you imagine if we had a procedure for that? Someday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> but we are. We're talking about function. We're talking about getting that spark back in your love life. We are. If you're out there struggling with ED, guys, you've probably heard us talk about this, and I bet you've wondered, should I be doing those treatments? Would that help me? Uh, it's helped so many men, and not just here in Utah, but all over the country, backed by 45 clinical studies now. Our technology at Wasatch Medical, with gentle pressure waves, can open up and regrow the blood vessels. Basically, you'll end up with more circulation, which... If you think about it, erectile dysfunction is a blood flow problem, and we're correcting that. Thank goodness, by the way, there are no pills or injections involved. And I know you guys are really excited about the studies and the science out there. They are in, and they look good. They are. Uh, there's so much clinical data. One study gave men a sham treatment, basically a fake treatment, and then they gave them a treatment with our technology, took x-rays after, and no surprise, the sham treatments did nothing. There was more blood vessels with our technology. So we know the science is sound, and I kind of believe this is the future 
of treating ED, and the pill will someday be a thing of the past. 801-901-8000. That's the number to call, 801-901-8000. Come in, find out if this is going to be a good fit, and you do a lot for our listeners for free. It is a lot of free. And if you come in and you're not comfortable and you don't want to proceed uh, with treatments, there's no obligation. You can just take the free. The assessment and exam with our doctor uh, is no charge. You'll get the gift that produces really uh, immediate results in the bedroom, which uh, guys love. That's free. And if you feel like you need it, blood work and testosterone, which I know guys spending thousands on that, that is free at Wasatch Medical as well. 801 Wasatch Medical Clinic. Thank you, Andrew. Thank you. More Big Show coming up next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. This is The Big Show with Jake Scott and Gordon Monson, presented by Big O Tires, with the lowest price on every tire every day, with no credit needed financing options available. Big O Tires, the team you trust. Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. We'll get to the second part of what's going on with Hanson Scotty here momentarily. We had a good top, uh, discussion going on uh, conference expansion in the last segment, Gordon. So we, we thought we'd we'd bump Hanson Scotty back to uh, to this segment and hear from their conversation with John, uh, John Wilner. But it is a Wednesday, Gordon. That means it's a win ticket Wednesday. Should we uh, give away some tickets? Let's do it. All right, go ahead, Alex. <laughs> This is your chance to win tickets. Win. It's a win ticket Wednesday. Wednesday. Caller number 12 right now at 855-340-ZONE. And you'll win tickets right here on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Caller 12 right now, you're going to get two tickets to go see Dirks Bentley on August 13th at USANA Amphitheater, brought to you by our friends at Live Nation Concerts. Uh, check out uh, LiveNation.com to get the tickets for yourself or simply be the 12th caller right now. Dirk Spendley brings his Beers on Me tour to Salt Lake City for one night of hit after hit of country music. You like Dirk's? Uh, not really familiar. I thought you were a country guy. I'm not a country guy. How many times I got to say it? I like, uh, I like a few. Uh, I like Old Dominion. Uh, a few Kenny Chesney songs, and I like myself maybe a little Morgan Wallen. He's controversial these days. You might not want to say that. Really? What do you do? Oh yeah, he got canceled like last fall. I only know two of his songs. I don't know much he, about his he background. Use some language that'll get you canceled these days. Oh, did he? <laughs> yeah. All right. Never mind. I hate his guts. <laughs> uh, I don't know. He seemed to be popular before that whole thing. Uh, but there you go. Caller 12 right now. You're going to see Dirk Bentley, 855-340-ZONE. Let's, uh, let's check in with Hans and Scotty. They broke down the South Division in the Pac-12 with John Wilner of the San Jose Mercury News. Let's go ahead and hit it. If the Pac-12 were to reach out to, like, Oklahoma State and Texas Tech and, and uh, maybe Kansas and Iowa State, would they be interested uh, in joining the Pac-12 uh, to get them to 16? And would it financially benefit the Pac-12 to do that? Well, I'm sure those schools would be willing to listen because they need a home, really. But I don't, I don't see any way that that benefits the Pac-12. I mean, those schools don't fit geographically; they don't fit academically. Uh, in some regards, they don't fit competitively. The Pac-12, if it's going to add members, those members 
have to clear the bar academically, and they have got to bring enough value in their football programs to, you know, put all the current conference members in, in better stead financially. That's that's tough when you're talking about small markets. You know, Stillwater, uh, Ames, Iowa, right? Manhattan, Kansas, Lubbock. That, those those are not football brands. I don't see. Uh, maybe there's a some kind of alliance, schedule alliance, but I, I'm very skeptical that those big club schools are, are gonna would would improve the Pac-12 in the areas it needs to be improved in. So, John, I'm kind of put in this weird position in a line of thought because, well, for instance, when Utah got invited to the Pac-12, we watched BYU's reaction to go to Independence because they couldn't just stand Pat. And I'm watching the SEC make this gigantic move, adding Texas and Oklahoma and feeling like, oh, no, the SEC is securing themselves. It's even more of a powerhouse. Like they own the college football world, but they wanted more and they've gone out and done more. And so it makes me feel like the Pac-12 better get on their horse and do something. Do you believe they need to do something or could they just stand pat? No, I think they have to do something, but I don't think that that something necessarily means adding members. Right? Those are two different things. Yeah. The Pac-12's, the Pac-12's got to thread the needle. It needs to figure out a way to increase its revenue without devaluing its brand by adding schools that don't fit. Right. So, in other words. What are ways that the 12 existing members, what are strategies they can take to increase the value of their football product? Well, you know, some kind of scheduling alliances with some of the other conferences might be uh, might be an option. There, there may be others that they've thought about. But you start adding members that devalue your brand and you're going to be in a, in a worse position, right? Mm. That's, that's the problem. There's nobody – once – Texas and Oklahoma were off the board. There's nobody in the western half of the country that is going to help the Pac-12 as a member, right? So they've got to come up with other ways to increase their value, uh, their media value. That's that's the trick for them. From a football standpoint, you know, there's all this stuff going on. It's good to actually talk about real-life football. And you mentioned, you know, is there a team that's going to step up? I want to get your thoughts, and and I don't know if you filled out a ballot or not, but how do you see the South uh, shaking out this year? And USC picked to finish first, but it seems like they're always near the top and can't seem to close the deal more often than not. How do you see the South shaking up this year? You know, I see it. I I guess I see it as a three-team race, but I think that ASU and Utah, I give them a little bit better chance than I do USC. Um, I picked ASU originally, like back in, you know, January, February. But, I, you know, Utah to me um, has really, uh, you know, the dynamics have changed a little bit in terms of how, how I look at their season um, just because uh, of the quarterback situation has gotten much, much better for them, right? I mean, you got a big 12 quarterback who threw like 65 touchdown passes. And I think he could be the Gardner Minshew of this year and really transform a program. And uh, – I, if I, I you kind of flip a coin issue, Utah, in my mind, at, SC's got uh, questions on their offensive line, I think. Um, 
But at the same time, when you're looking at the South, there's no way you can't assess the cross-division games, right? That's the biggest thing. SC doesn't play Washington or Oregon. ASU plays both of them, and Utah misses – they miss Oregon, I think. Uh, No, they miss Washington. So that is always, uh, you know, uh, part of the whole calculation. And so SC's got a big advantage in that regard. All right, there you go. That's John Wilner, San Jose Mercury News. Covered uh, conference expansion a little bit, but then uh, breaking down the South right there, Gordon. Uh, just starting with the conference expansion part, he seems to be on the same page with you and I. I don't think the future is with those Big 12 schools. When he was talking about uh, you know adding value to uh, and, and, and making changes but not lessening your value by adding right. that which will not add that value, I mean, that – I thought uh, he he sounded just like you. Yeah. You've said that a thousand times. Doesn't make a ton of it doesn't make a ton of sense. Yeah. Um what about the breakdown of the South? He he was a little bit firmer on Arizona State and now he's backed off uh, on that a little bit. I wonder what the effect what effect will the scandal thing have on Well, according to Herm, none at all. Cuz PK and Herm had a moment talking about that at Pac-12 oh, Media. Did they? It wasn't too bad. As far as PK Herm moments go, wasn't as awkward as some <laughs> others, but but they did. How talk. are you going to be any different <laughs> than all the other losers who have come through here? Uh, but I mean, it, it, Herm can say it's not going to be a distraction all he wants, but I don't see how it really couldn't be a distraction to, uh, in some sense. But I'll tell you what, and oh, man, hey, I should remember been... Arizona State's safety that was there off the top of my head, and I don't. I'll, I'll, I'll look it up. But anyway, he he talked to us about the leadership meeting uh-huh. that he held and that they talked about with the team. And I'll, I'll say this, they've, they've got some scandals surrounding them, but I think they've got some leaders on that team that may be able to drown a lot of it out uh, because they had some a lot of players come back because they saw potential, and we'll see. Well, how many, 21 of 22 starters are back? Right. So Arizona State, I think, should be pretty good. You know, I mean, it's Utah, Arizona State, and US, uh, USC. I mean, if Utah – you know, has the production on offense. I think the defense is going to be really, really good. So, I I agree, and I think I I really I mean this is standard, but uh, I think it will come down to USC, Arizona State, and Utah, and I think the Utes have a great chance to to win the South again. I I I think they're going to be there, and I I just. I don't know. It always makes me sad because I keep thinking of what Ty Jordan would do. Oh man, it's it's absolutely. Did you talk about that? At, we at did. We asked. Media? We asked Coach Witt about it a little bit. And it's you know this. It's always so hard to bring up because yes. the story is just so horrible. But he was so good, and that is my biggest question mark with Utah is is who's going to be the stud on offense? Mm-hmm. And it doesn't have to be a running back, by the way. It just usually is with Utah, but I don't think it has to be per se. But can you imagine? He would have been the all all conference running back coming back to pair with that defense. I mean. I I think Utah would have been the the out and out favorite if he were still with the team, and it's just ah, it's just such a terrible story. But that that's the big question: is who's their stud? Yeah. Does Utah identify a stud on offense that that really can produce and and uh, be their go to? Well, they got the chips. The, they are got down. the transfers coming in, and they got that Micah Bernard, and I I don't know who it's going to be. I guess we're going to start getting more information about that sort of thing now that camp is open. For the Utes, uh, but I, I I just see a lot of talent there, and I I, <laughs> I don't know whether they'll be able to win the conference, but I think they can win the South. 
I think the North is is really fascinating because the media courageously picked Oregon, <laughs> and I don't think that Oregon is necessarily the favorite. Actually, who do you, oh you think Cal? See, I don't know. I uh, Cal interests me if Carver's can stay healthy. I mean, for the reason uh, that that everybody has kind of said, um, you know, Jimmy Lake. He's a good coach. I mean, what is what is Jimmy Lake, uh, you know, put out there at uh, at Washington? I mean, I think as usual, the Husky defense should be really good. You know, does Cal take the next step? PK thinks it's Stanford that that's going to be the threat in the North, maybe that nobody's talking about. Really? Did so, you see that report that came out that David Shaw making nine million bucks? Nine or whatever million it is. bucks. Good Woo! For, good for him. Hey, yeah, I've got no I, problem. I thought Stanford. What's the Stanford like cutting sports because they didn't have they enough were. money? I've got no problem with David Shaw raking it in. Just seems to me like a guy that's per, a perfect fit for where he's at, and he seems to me like a guy that's got his priorities straight. Seems but doggone it, you want those athletes to work for stipend, right? <laughs> Sorry, I, 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 can I take that back? I didn't say that. That never happened because I don't want to get in that discussion with you again. No, I don't. <laughs> you basically legalize bribes for players. What left do you have to complain about? Can you stop complaining about? It? Can we? Can we have a conversation about nine coach, million dollars for what David salaries? Shaw is doing at Stanford? Yeah, and the Alabama quarterback who hasn't taken a snap yet is going to make a million. So, so can we stop complaining about that? Mm, not yet. Why? I thought that was going to be the only million benefit. I thought that was going to be the only David benefit. Shaw. Yeah, and, and he Stanford probably, was canceling sports. He probably generates more than that for the university. I think. I mean, Stanford hasn't exactly been excellent of late. Anyway, uh, I wouldn't. I hadn't thought of Stanford as being a favorite, but PK is pretty smart. So I don't think Rolovich is is gonna make a threat for the division. And I don't know how far away the Beavs are. I like Jonathan Smith, but I, I would guess they're not gonna win the division. No. They will not. But I, will, I think that's, I will guarantee that. I think that's fairly wide open, though. The conference is going to be fairly wide open. It really is, because as long as USC underachieves like most of us expect. What was your overall takeaway from Pac-12 Media Day? Because you and I haven't really talked about that since I was out of town. Did you get a sense for what you were looking at there in 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 a fly flyover? I I would love to tell you yes, but in truth, everybody's in such a good mood at Media Day. It's hard to really get a grasp on what's hyperbole and what's true. Anybody say anything profound? But what? Well, I thought all three Utah interviews were really good with Britton Covey, Devin Lloyd, and and Coach Witt. But honestly, and PK and I, this was the theme of the day. Everybody in the Pac-12 outside Arizona should be better. Like everybody in the league outside Arizona should have bowl aspirations okay. at minimum. All right. And it should make for a competitive league, although, you know, ironically enough, that's not really what the Pac-12 needs to make a splash on the national stage. They need one behemoth and everybody else kind of to suck. See the although, ACC. Although we, but, we were talking to Nigel Burton the other day, and I asked him that question, and he said, oh, it's better to be, it's better to be quality teams top to bottom. I I I didn't think you would agree but with that. Then, not, neither did I. Well, it depends on on where the value comes from, right? Right for for Nigel, who works for the Pac-12 networks and is a Pac-12 guy, he doesn't want to see the league stink and just have one, you know, 
great team because that's not fun to watch. But from a national perspective. But if your whole goal is to get a team into the playoff and have a team have a shot at the national or at the national title, that is the way to go. But that's not what Nigel's going to consider a success per se. Isn't that how SEC built its brand? The SEC. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that there weren't more than one quality team uh, in that in that uh, conference, but it seems like it was top heavy for a while. I would I would agree with that. I think I think Clemson in the ACC is more the model we're talking okay. about here, where the Tigers aren't even tested throughout the whole year. They just run rough shot over everybody, and then automatically, in a sense, get a berth into the playoff without even really breaking a sweat. <laughs> But you can't argue, right? Because they're an undefeated team from a P5 league. Well, it's not their fault. The other guys aren't holding up their it's, end of the It's deal. really not, but it is to their advantage. Um, yeah, I suppose so. Hard to argue that. I mean, look where they end up. The the example PK brought up, uh, and, and it's a great one, is Justin Herbert in Oregon a couple of years ago where they had no business losing to Arizona State at home, but they did. And Arizona State was coming off a bad loss, too. I can't remember. PK could tell you. It was like Colorado or something mm-hmm. where they shouldn't have lost. And then all of a sudden they blindside Oregon and submarine their chances to go to the playoffs yeah. just because Oregon had you know, their B game instead of their A game on yeah. the wrong day. And Arizona State was still good enough to beat them. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. Like, like Wake Forest didn't do that to Clemson. <laughs> you know where Will uh, manifest itself is when Clemson isn't as good. I'd say they lose a couple of games. Uh, now all of a sudden that's going to come into play. Well, yeah. The weakness within that But conference. they shouldn't lose those why games. Why is your Vautech guys? Why, why, what's going Bad on? Bad hire apparently, which I didn't see coming. But, yeah, it's they're, they're not where they need to be. I'm not going to blow smoke here. They need to be better. <laughs> Stay tuned. More next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. This is The Big Show with Jake Scott and Gordon Monson, presented by Big O Tires, with the lowest price on every tire every day. With no credit needed, financing options available. Big O Tires, the team you trust. It's The Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Want to remind you about our good friends at Peach Window and Door. They do custom work on windows and doors. They've been Utah's premier window and door company since 1993. Call them today for a free in-home estimate, 801-566-1255. That's 801-566-1255, or go to peachbuildingproducts.com. We were talking uh, throughout this show, really, about family dynamics a little bit. And, Jake, you told me a story during the break that I think— I can't tell that story. I think our listeners deserve to hear that story. You can change the names. No. All right, I've got a buddy— I've got a buddy. Let's call him Bob. <laughs> okay. And uh, I actually told a story yesterday about Bob that when he moved out, his parents immediately, like that day, changed his room into something else. In a sense, <laughs> to say like, like you're moving on in this world and go get it. Go get it. <laughs> get out. And and by the way, all these people I'm going to talk about are very wonderful people. So oh, of course, you know, who I like very much. But this story is funny. So Bob has a younger brother. Let's just call Bill. Bill. Okay. All right. And let's just say that Bill was kind of the golden child. Uh-huh. Bob was a little rebellious. Uh, Troublemaker. A little, uh-huh. a little bit in a, in a 
fun teenage sort of way <laughs> for you. But but the younger brother was uh, 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 the the kind of star of the show. Favor, uh, yeah. right? So the uh, the parents would throw this fundraising party every year at their house. And so, which was quite nice. Which was very nice. And and Bob would invite us friends to the fundraising party to eat the free food and drink the beer, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And so uh, the the younger brother Bill uh, was blonde. I guess, doesn't really look like me, I would say, but but blonde, right? Mm-hmm. And so one of the guests at this party comes up to me and goes, "Oh, you must be Bill." We've heard so much about you and talking about this and that and what Bill's into. And I had to stop him. I said, no, 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 no. I'm, I'm Bob's friend. Uh, Bob's friend, Jake. And they go, oh, who's Bob? <laughs> <laughs> they knew Bill's life story. <laughs> but they didn't know who Bob was. They didn't was. know who Bob was. Well, I'm, I'm, parents tend to talk more about certain children than, than others. Is that true? Yeah. I'm going to try for that not to be true with me. I'm going to try and talk about both my children even, evenly. <laughs> who's who's Bob? Bob. <laughs> oh, oh, okay. <laughs> nice to meet you. <laughs> so that made you third class because right. you weren't you weren't Bill's friend. No, you were Bob's I was friend. Bob's friend. Not only was I not Bill. <laughs> <laughs> who's Bob? Funny oh, stuff. I see how it is. All right, let's get out of the cell phone. Joining us now, our friend Andrew from Wasatch Medical Clinic. And listen, if you've been struggling with ED, struggle no further. Your solution is here. What's going on, Andrew? Hey, that's right, guys. If you're out there frustrated in the bedroom, my first message is you're more normal than you think. My second message is we have something that treats the root cause. Wasatch Medical is using it's the most studied, the most proven form of wave therapy out there. It repairs the blood vessels. Just think what more blood vessels or wider blood vessels might do. Uh, This according to so many clinical studies, it works. It's helping guys all over the country. They're getting off the pill and the relationship and the overall happiness, in my opinion, is really improving as a result. Yeah, that's got to be the thing, the overall happiness, right? We think of this as one specific thing, but it's a big part of life. It is a big part of life. Uh, When things break down in the bedroom, they kind of break down outside of the bedroom. And then when they do well in the bedroom, it has this ripple effect uh, also. So it's very attached to overall sense of well-being, certainly the relationship, certainly the intimacy. What do you think could happen two to three weeks from now? If ED were no longer an issue, what might the relationship look like? It's been great to see guys leave our clinic after finishing the treatments, almost like a new person and significant improvements in their mood for sure. 801-901-8000, that is the number to call. Find out if this is going to be a good fit and you're doing a lot for free right now. There is a lot for free and this is our last uh, segment of the night. Call us and the assessment and exam with our doctor is free. You can leave your wallet at home, uh, no obligation. You'll get a gift that I don't think I've ever seen fail. It produces pretty immediate results in the bedroom. And if you feel like you need testosterone, that is free as well, which is really cool and valuable. Uh, Give us a call. It's all no charge. 801-901-8000, As usual, Andrew, thank you very much for dropping by. We appreciate you. Hey, thanks for having me along today, guys. All right, buddy. That's our friend Andrew Reinhardt from Wasatch Medical Clinic, 801-901-8000.
thousand. Call today. We'll have more big show coming up next. 97.5 and 1280 at the zone. Wrapping up a big show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280, The Zone. Gordon, now I know today has been difficult, and I, uh, you know, for some personal reasons, and I didn't help, I will admit. I didn't, I didn't, <laughs> I didn't help matters today, but I, I've got a bright side for you. All right. All right. Okay. Uh, if you didn't hear the beginning of the show, Gordon is, is feeling as most, I think, humans would. We found out Gordon was human today. That he's, sentimental, yeah. Uh, uh, his daughter, uh, her husband, and, and Gordon's granddaughter are moving. They're moving out of state, and they say goodbye today, which, of course, is, is kind of a bummer. But here's, well, not kind of a bummer. It is a bummer. I, I feel for you. But here's my bright side for you, okay? At least he's got a job, you know. Oh, well, that is a bright side. Yeah, yeah amen to that. But here's my bright side for you, my friend. I want you to go home. I want you to get in your spot on the couch. <laughs> I want you to groove down a little bit. Get that remote, and I want you to put on something that you want to watch, buddy. Whatever I want. You, huh? you go home and take care of you. Yeah, but there's still strong personalities that are <laughs> at home. I and know. I know that, that. well, you got to box them out tonight. <laughs> box them out tonight, buddy. Okay. Just box them out tonight. I can always just go in the other room. And, <laughs> and you take care of you. You have a little Gordon time. All right. All right. You deserve it. I, I mean that. You deserve it. And, you know, sometimes when you get back from a family vacation, and when I say family, you went with your whole family. Yeah. yeah a little Gordon time. Okay. A little, a little time for you, buddy. Uh, here's the thing, though. As sentimental as I was, Lisa was even more sentimental than that. Well, maybe she so. needs a little Lisa time. Well, she, yeah, but don't I need to kind of help build her up? By allowing her to watch whatever she wants. You bet, Lisa, right? She's going to be all right. <laughs> Very well adjusted. She's going to be she? fine. <laughs> I don't know. When it comes, I'm worried about you. I'm not worried it, about it, Lisa. When, look, when it comes to the, the mother cat to giving the girls. up her cubs uh, yeah. and, and the grand cubs. <laughs> Probably not the easiest day, I'm sure. No, not at all. But anyway, it's, it's, it's good. It's all good. Family's good, right? Family is good. Family is good. Mm -hmm. uh, that maybe that's our theme today. Maybe that's where we settle on. We love family. family but for those good. of you who who send your kids off to college or do something and you're saying goodbye to them for the first time, and and it's a good thing. Obviously, it's a good thing. But still, it's it tugs at your heartstrings a little bit. Alex filled in for Austin today. Uh, characterize uh, your family's feelings, Alex, when you moved out of the house. <laughs> um. You know, I think they were pretty stoked. You know, they well, I don't know about that, but they they, you know, they gave me the tearful farewell uh -huh. to, you know, like appease my ego, right. and then I think they went right to work at just putting all my stuff out of sight and out of mind and yeah. just, you know. So, I out of mind, really? Well, I mean, I'm the neglected middle child, so they uh. they tend to not pay attention to me. So, Are, you know. Were, were you the peacemaker though, too? Ah. I thought the middle child was the peacemaker. I don't know. I'm the oldest. Yeah, I just, I was the one that got forgotten about all the time. So, but that means you also got away with stuff. All the time, <laughs> yes, right? See, very that's, much that's so. That's the upside there is maybe you don't get the attention the others do, but you can, you know, basically do whatever you want and slide under the radar. And I did. Yeah. <laughs> Hence he became yeah. the fine individual he is today. Yeah, there's an upside to everything. <laughs> 
Uh, thanks for filling in today, Alex. We appreciate you, buddy. Yeah. Gordon, uh, you enjoy your evening, my friend. I will see you tomorrow. All right, Jake. I uh, hope all our listeners have a wonderful evening. It's the big show. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.